0: Watch the towers drop, the world was appropriately odd. There was no time for a pause, we were now brothers in ours. We do not believe that we have been deceived.
1: Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, episodes like this are the culmination of uh, where we are and why we're doing what we do really excited
0: about this one.
1: Welcome to Verse Course Verse. I am DL. Hope you're well. How's it going, everybody? I'm doing great. First day of vacation this year. Probably the only vacation I'm getting this year. That's okay. Not complaining. But yeah, very happy right now. Very excited. Everybody out there tuning in, you know what we're doing. We got an interview. Who is this? What is this interview we're doing? Well, some time ago, an album was recommended to me. An album via instagram dm saying that this seems to be aligned with our taste go check it out and i don't know why i'm not usually like this i always if somebody recommends something i always check it out always and it's usually 50 50 if i'm gonna really like it or not Ah, more than that like 80 20 i actually usually like a lot of stuff but there was something about this one I went in, I looked on Bandcamp, it was on Spotify. This project, it was a $30 vinyl, and there was something about it. I don't know why. I don't usually I usually obviously listen to something first before I buy it, but I just that night I just bought this vinyl, put it in the cart, bought it, got was sent out. I think I had it like three days after it was recommended to me. And I tell you what, whatever spider senses were working that day, I'm extremely happy for it because this album is one of my favorite vinyl records I own. And we're going to talk about why a lot today. We are talking to Tony Parks. Tony Parks is the mind behind the project Reaver by the band The Brontosaur. The Brontosaur represents a band of three gentlemen working with Tony Parks, and uh, Reaver is the concept album from him. So first off, shout out to Johnny Vinyl. Johnny Vinyl being the person who recommended this vinyl to me. Shout out to Tony Parks. To I think that I posted something on a line just about how this was a really good album, and Tony Parks responded and said thank you and all that, and we lightly chatted since I've gotten to know him a very very small you know as you do on people with social media. A great guy. And the more I've listened to this project, the more impressed I am. That's what we're doing tonight. We're talking to Tony Parks about Reaver, about his past, about his history with music, and anything else that comes to mind. Podcast has been a lot of fun lately. We're looking at this to be the opener of our interview month this month. We've got great, great, great interviews. We've got this one. We've got a little metal coming at you. We've got another, well, I don't want to call him metal. We've got a metal god and a guitar god. It's just, it's going to be, and probably somebody else too. There's just, look, okay, amazing interviews coming up. Just be excited. We're excited. So excited that we have already kind of glossed over what we're drinking tonight. What am I drinking? Well, this interview is taking place in the middle of the day. So, boring old DL is drinking water. I know, right? Look, there's a time and place. If I was hanging out, chatting with buddies about this album, it would be with a scotch in hand. I'm telling you what. But the fact that I'm interviewing this guy that put this much work into this project, looking through it, it's like seven years and change that it took him to work this album out. And if you do have the vinyl, which I'm sure a few of you listening have, you know why. You know that this is a top quality project in absolute. And I want to be with it. I want it to be an easygoing chat, but I also I want to be on the P's and Q's because this guy deserves it. This guy deserves a lot from us as an indie artist. You know, one of the things that we preach a lot on this podcast is supporting indie artists. And nowadays, if you aren't a 100 specific artists slash bands, you're basically an indie art. You're basically making no money. I, I guarantee you, and none of this is speaking ill of this gentleman, but I guarantee you this guy has made shit on Spotify, if anything. I'd imagine that he probably pressed, I would guess he pressed like 500 of these, and I'm sure he hasn't sold them yet. He's selling them at 30 bucks a pop, which at first glance, you think, ah, that's a little pricey for an indie album. I'm telling you, once you get this album, I'm not going to even guess the amount of money he spent per vinyl because of how amazing the quality is of this all I'm saying is, if there ever was a project where you know damn well that this guy doesn't give a shit about return on investment, that this guy does not give a shit about anything but the art, this is one of those projects. And that's glossing over the fact that hes he just seems like a really, really good dude. He's been married to Luis Post, who we fucking love at this podcast. Uh, Veruca Salt was one of my, you know, in a time that was ripe for amazing bands I mean, we're talking when '94 when American Thighs came out. There were a hundred amazing albums. That album was had to have been in my top five that year. They've been married for however well over a decade, I believe. They have a kid together, and that's that's some stuff that we'll learn more about as well. I want to. I don't know about this guy. You know, when you see a project like this that is so well done, typically. You know, a little bit of background. And that was, it was funny when I started to research, I was like, this guy had to have come from somewhere. This guy must have been like the fucking, this guy must have been a a touring bass player for Smashing Pumpkins or, you know, some absurd, uh, he must have been a session player back in like Florida or something like that. No, man, he's worked on a lot of music. He has some other albums out there with a, there's a group called the Fire Trucks that he did some stuff with and this is actually the second album he's released the other one called the Bronosaurus under the Bronosaur. but this seems like the real all-encompassing project that was his uh, his mona lisa i'm excited to get in the dirt i'm excited to kind of start from scratch and learn about this guy these episodes this episode right here this is what it's all about if we aren't just Rachel and Evil and uh, Sven and whoever's joining us at the time, the, the listeners that come on to talk albums, that's, that's the bread and butter. That's what keeps the heart alive, right? That's what keeps the brain firing all cylinders. That's what keeps the passion there. Just being able to sit down with those people once a week, have a drink, talk music, That's what it's all about. But then when you get an independent artist like this that has done something so impressive and that is so obviously the opposite of a, we got to get in the studio and record for the label. You know, we just talked a lot about The Strokes and they're one of my favorite bands of all time, but there's always going to be a little bit of fuck them in your head because a lot of those bands have such a hard time with, oh, I got to get in the studio and I got to record this. Hey, fuck you, man. What about these people? What about these people that pour you know, however many thousands of dollars into this, knowing that they more than likely are not going to get a return. There is that small chance, and we have seen it in this project. We have seen, you know, it's very, very slowly social media starting to pick up speed, and that's the good thing about having a piece of art that's so amazing, is eventually word of mouth is going to help. You know, Johnny Vinyl, another shout-out to Johnny Vinyl, I'm pretty sure he's going to get four or five in this episode, He sounded the siren, and now I'm sounding our siren. Pay it forward, everybody. Pay it forward. Sell out these fucking vinyls. I'm telling you right now, we're going to go into detail about these, but I'm telling you, you will never be more satisfied with the purchase of a vinyl. And I keep talking about the product being incredible, glossing over how good the actual songs are, glossing over how well done the music is. It's not just the art. It's not just the amazing booklet that comes with it. It's not just the obvious sparing no expense in quality of the actual sleeves and the actual splatter and the 180 grams and all that. The music itself is incredible. There are songs... This is one of those albums where you listen to it for a month. All of a sudden, you you stop at like track seven. And you're like, man, what is that guitar doing right there? And you just can't stop listening to that song for like four days. And then all of a sudden, this other song is like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's he doing with his vocals there? This is one of those albums. This is one of those albums that's just going to grab you. It's going to take you and it's going to morph for at least a year on you. Those are the projects that get my... Goosebumps going. Those are the projects that, you know, as I've gotten older, it's a lot more rare to get my ass kicked by something, to turn something on and just say, fuck yes, that is what I've been needing. Uh, this album is definitely one of those. So that's what we're going to do. We're, we're talking to Tony Parks today. I'm incredibly excited. This isn't the last time that we're going to have something to do with him. I'm not going to spoil a bunch, but I also want you all to know, as Tony Parks fans, as Bronisor fans, as Reaver fans, that he is going to be back. He's going to be back next season. Next season, I am kicking something off where we are going to spotlight certain people in video form, in every single form that we can. I'll get into more detail about that later on. I'm really, really excited for the project. I think it's going to do great things for indie artists. Uh, That's the goal anyway. He's going to be back But for now, let's concentrate on him. I'm ready to go, man. I've been listening to this a ton. I'm feeling lethal as fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes an interview with Tony Parks. Hey, love you all. Hope you enjoy. See you on the other side.
2: I'm a, uh, I'm a podcast consumer and uh, I've become a fan <laughs> of verse chorus verse. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. This is right up my alley. Thank you so much. That's freaking
1: awesome. Do you go by Tony? I know, yeah. because all of the credits are always T Parks.
2: Yeah, I don't know so. exactly where that originated. I, it's always been my nickname is T Parks. And uh, I think the, Oh, okay. there was maybe a time when I was concerned that I'd be Googleable. <laughs> so uh, I went with T Parks, but now it's just sort of stuck. But uh, no, I definitely go by Tony. Okay,
1: all right. But you do. So people call you T-Parks.
2: Uh yeah, less so as a as a full-on grown up, but yeah, for sure. When I <laughs>
0: when I was a
2: a young man, I was T-Parks.
1: For all you listeners and especially people that keep track on Instagram, which I think is a pretty low percentage for us, but still we have Tony Parks here with us who created a what I will call an all-encompassing art project in 2022 called reaver by his band the brontosaur i think i've hawked it in the pod before proudly i definitely have had a couple of pics on instagram and things like that but i asked him to come on today because this is not lip service this is one of the coolest projects i've been made aware of of probably like the last decade so tony thanks for joining man hey i'm uh, so glad to be here thanks for having me Dio. I first heard of this project through word of mouth. He he goes by Johnny vinyl on Instagram yeah. and he wrote me and just said, Hey, check this out. I really think you're going to dig it. And he'd never done that. And so I just said, fuck it. And I just directly went and got the album. And it's, I think it's one of the best vinyl purchases I've
2: probably made
1: in years.
2: Oh, that's, that's awesome. And yeah, Johnny vinyl, he's like our, uh, East coast, senior VP. He's, he's really, uh, he's championed the record <laughs> and he's, he's been supreme at that so that's great i'm so glad that that's how you found your way to it. it
1: well it kind of seems like and uh i'm jumping ahead a little bit but i think that's okay it kind of seems like that's how this album is starting to get around it's all just
2: word of mouth is that right uh, yes for for better or worse that seems to be the uh my toolbox at this point for for promoting it yeah yeah <laughs> Well, uh,
1: Tony, like I said, super glad to have you here. Super excited to talk about this and some other things. Everybody listening, if you want to get a hold of this album, uh, go to their Bandcamp. It's go to thebrontosaur.bandcamp.com. I think that takes you directly to this album. Yeah, and then you're on Instagram as well as the Bron It's the brontosaur, right? At the right. bronosaur
2: Yep. Exactly. Perfect.
1: Okay, so the first thing I want to know because, and this was. I'm actually been really looking forward to this because as far as any sort of personal research, I, there's not much. So I get to just kind of ask you instead of knowing beforehand, what is your story as far as music and how did you get to
2: the point that you're making this album? Well, I, I, let me see here. The uh, I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was a kid. So, okay. you know, when I was like in high school and college, I was in bands Right after college, I moved to Chicago and I worked at a rock club called The Double Door, which was about 500 capacity. It's a cool room. We got all kinds of great bands through there. I was in a band in Chicago that uh, split up and I tried, you know, for a few years to put other projects together, but wound up eventually going on tour with uh, Veruca Salt as like a roadie, basically. And okay, uh, wound up that's where I met my wife,
1: Louise, uh, from the band. So we I'm sure most listeners know Louise from Veruca Salt, who's still a independent, not independent. She's solo artist right now and kind of killing it,
2: isn't she? Man, she just got off. She's been on on the road all summer. She just got back yeah. from tour. She's got a, a record out. It's it's busy. Uh, it's a busy time in the household right now for sure we'll move on to okay, this
1: better. but i have to say and and hopefully you can tell her for me i have been a very vocal in the fact for years and years that i believe veruca salt is the coolest fucking band name that has ever existed
2: it's it's up there it's like interpol veruca salt the, I mean, <laughs> these are good names it's there is no more perfect
1: band name than veruca salt it's so, unreal. Oh, so
2: to to ring together basically um Louise sort of uh, heard, heard my guitar playing was like, you should make more records. And I, I lived in Minneapolis at the time and I started a band there called Fire Trucks and we put out two records, Okay. but then I moved uh, back to Los Angeles. And uh, but with, the, with that experience in my pocket, like I tried to put together a project for years. And then uh, there was actually a Bronosaur record in 2008. Called the Brontosaurus LP. It's got the same bass player as Fire Trucks, uh, Brian Greedle. I had, uh, uh, you know, I had a record, I had energy, I was ready to roll, and then I had a pretty bad leg injury, like, right after the record oh. came out. And I spent, like, the summer in the hospital, and they were going to amputate my leg. Jesus. And all of that. So, <laughs> that pretty much squashed everything. Yeah. And then, uh, I do have two legs now, by the way. So, <laughs> at the time, that's what it was. So, so that pretty much leveled all uh, progress and momentum. Yeah. That'll do it. And then I had a kid in 2010 and, and, you know, so, so on and so forth. But in 2014, Brian from the Brontosaur and Fire Trucks uh, came out to LA and sort of just forced me into the studio. He's like, we let's, we're just going into the studio. We're going for a week. Let's go. Okay. And so we tracked all the guitar, bass and drums for this record then. And uh, I've been sort of putting together, adding guitar and vocals since it took me a long time. I mean, how, how long was this album in the works for? Seven years. Jesus. Yeah. And that's not, you know, I'm not seven years every day waking up at dawn, working on yeah. making coffee, but, but yeah, that's how long it took me to land the Marlin, basically. That's a very
1: long time. So let's start with who was on this album. You talked about the bass player, which, how do you pronounce it again? Greedle? Greedle, yeah. It doesn't uh, look like it's pronounced like that,
2: but that's, yeah.
1: And then you have Kelly Scott on the drums with you doing the rest of the work, correct?
0: Yeah, Kelly Scott. Uh, uh, you have
2: a Moog player too, right? Oh yeah, uh, Joseph Holiday. He's a, a good friend yeah. of mine who uh, engineered the vocals and mixed the record. And he's got his own project, uh, Snakes of Russia. He's a uh, super cool kind of wizard and he was in the mixing process. He was nice enough to add in Moog where there were, uh, where it was needed. Gotcha. (laughs) So he mixed this. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, uh, he tracked all the vocals and mixed the record.
1: I mean, the mixing in this is spectacular. So kudos to him. And then, The engineers were Joseph, and I think, who was the, was it Dwayne
2: Berta? Yeah, uh, Dwayne is another Minnesota guy uh, who helped us on the Fire Trucks record. He's a longtime friend of mine, uh, and he's basically a guitar whisperer. He has... Tons of amps, tons of different guitars and it just basically, I probably get credit for most of the cool tones that he came up with. He, he, <laughs> he's, so yeah, so he produced the record with me. We recorded everything at his studio and uh, he's, he's a good friend and, and a huge asset to this record. And then did you just send it out for mastering? Joseph hooked me up with a mastering okay. guy, fortunately. I was able to, you know, ride his contacts coattails <laughs> to find a good mastering guy.
1: Yeah, well, I'll touch more on this later, but I do want to give more credit where credit is due as far as the engineering of this album, because it's old school and in all of the good ways that something would be old school. Awesome. Those are the people that are on this album. More back to kind of your before this album stuff. What about influences? Who were your influences growing up? Who did you listen to?
2: I mean, Probably if I had to just summarize with like a Mount Rushmore of rock bands, it's probably Led Zeppelin, Radiohead, And You'll Know Us by the Trail of Dead, and then Shiner slash The Life and Times. Alan Epley's bands uh, have been hugely influential, Um, but I've gone down the rabbit hole on tons of bands over the years, but that's just off the top of my head, probably the big four.
1: So a couple uh, couple big ones, then and a couple, maybe you don't know these ones so well.
2: I like Right, I, I think maybe as a kid, I was just, I was MTV kid. So I just knew about big, huge bands and then working in a small club and seeing all these other cool, maybe under the radar bands kind of shifted my yeah. perspective a bit. What years were you working that club in Chicago? That was the '90s, right in the heart of it. So it was like morphine and soul coughing and soul smashing coughing. pumpkins and brucasol. Saw- yeah. I saw the uh, the roots there, and it absolutely blew Man. my mind. So, but it was cool. I mean, it was a good job and a bad job, you know. Uh, but a uh, bunch of bad shows, but. Wow. <laughs> As far as
1: a time and place, small venue concert, I feel like Soul Coughing in the '90s in Chicago was, would be in like my top five. Oh my god! Like,
2: yeah, I mean that must have been absurd. We were just jaded club employees, and when they would show up and sound check, and we'll stop what they're doing and like peek. <laughs> <laughs> um. So seven years in the making,
1: mm-hmm. you have this album. Uh, once again, it's called Reaver. Like I said, to me, this album is clearly more of a full art project. Did you have that in your vision going into this or did it just kind of start to happen?
2: I, it, when, when everything was first tracked, I, my first thought was like, I'll never finish this. It's too broad. It's too ambitious. I, I, I don't know how to come up with all these <laughs> lyrics, but uh, Dwayne Berta actually suggested, he's like, you know, I really like that. A lot of these songs have the word the, in the title. Maybe you could turn it into sort of a book. You know, and there's there's oh. a lot of similar themes. And so that kind of stuck. I like that idea. And then I got very lucky. Joseph, again, hooking me up with his people uh, with uh, House of Friedman doing the artwork. And he listened to the record. He loved it. And came up with the idea and sent me all of these images and i was like man i can't decide let's let's use all of them like let's let's keep it all and and make a booklet and so that's kind of how that occurred
1: the credits in the liner notes is i think it's hof is the credits for the art. house of friedman it's a chris friedman house of friedman okay because i i honestly i tried to find that and i couldn't find it but that's one of the things uh and i guess we can just talk about this now one of the things that makes this project really stand out is the art in the vinyl when you buy it it's what is it like a 34 page booklet or something yeah i think it's something crazy pages or something
2: bonkers like that
1: and every song has an attached piece of art to it that's just absolutely incredible so in some cases, did the art come before the music? Uh, no, the music was all done. So he, okay, he basically,
2: I mean, he is an, uh, he's an artist. He does album art. I think he's done some Afghan wigs covers and stuff. Oh, wow. Out. But for this project, I mean, this was a summer ago, some over a year ago now where AI was starting to happen and it was highly as controversial then as it is now. Yeah. Uh, and he's an artist and he's like, all right, don't shoot this down right away. I want to use AI using a lot of the lyrics from the songs and see what it burps out. Oh. And, and so I've caught some flack. People are like, you can't use AI. I'm like, I understand that, but I paid an artist who used it as a tool. So <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe I'm not totally on the shit list for that. I don't know. So are they fully
1: AI or did he just take liberties? Not liberties. Did he just take... Inspiration from what AI spit out and made these.
2: I think, I mean, he worked them over, but I think that the, the genesis was AI, but he was inputting the, uh, the code word. So, that, hence all the dirigibles and the uh, wow. things like that.
1: I'll have to let one of our co hosts on this, Evil, is obsessed with art that comes with albums and things like that. I think he'll be super intrigued by that. I'll have to let awesome. him know. I, I don't think I've even wrapped my head around the whole AI thing yet. It's a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not a black and white issue, but yeah, it, uh, I thought it was cool. But what he came up with was so awesome that I was like, well, all right, yeah. let's, uh, <laughs> let's go. No, it's amazing. And then he obviously he designed the cover and the cover, I think is super sharp and distinctive and, and it just jumps out.
1: Fantastically sharp. Yeah. Super minimal, but it also is intriguing because it's got it. So I'll ask this now too, the two insignias that are on the
2: front. What's that about? Okay. The, the red one is a, a sigil or something like that for uh, Lucifer. It's the, it's the okay. some I think Satanist cults use it to represent Lucifer. Interesting. Satan. Okay. And the second one is Sanskrit for uh, the planet Jupiter.
1: So th- I think we're working our way into something now that I'm just going to ask because I I am one who kind of likes the mystery behind the meaning of an album. You know, everybody wants to come up with, oh, that's
2: what this song means. Was this a concept album? For sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, there there are some maybe songs that don't totally tuck into the, the same overall theme. But yeah, I mean, once I got rolling with it, lyrically, I was like, okay, I think it's about a group of satanic billionaires who build a spaceship and move to Jupiter.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> I was pretty close to what, what okay, I thought. That, right. Yes. That's really, really cool. I'm looking, and I've been listening to this, I mean, I've been listening to this a lot for a while now, but ton over the past couple of weeks, and I'm jumping around too much. First, let's start off with the recording process you said was about a seven-year span. Did you come in with an idea of what it would sound like, or was it like a start from scratch thing for you? Uh,
2: some of the songs had been pretty flushed out before, as at least ideas, uh, but I had only intended to maybe do three songs and then we kind of burned through three or four the first day. And I was like, Oh shit. So I went home and just basically just like started going through the, the archives and finding new stuff and bringing it in the next day. And we would just do an outline and record it. And uh, Kelly Scott is, is uh, just super legendary pro drummer guy. And he just kind of was like, fine. Yeah, got it. Boom. And he, you know, track it and we move on, which would give me, Time to scramble and come up with everything else. But, like, you know, from that foundation, uh, I kind of couldn't go wrong. This came out, when did this come out in 2022? Let's see, digitally on, in September, and then the vinyl uh, in January 2023. Were you hindered at all
1: due to COVID or the pressing plant shutdowns
2: or it things wasn't like that? It was supposed to be done till July. Like it would be a month old right now. That's when it was supposed to happen. But I got lucky, and the guys at A to Z were like, "We have an opening. Um, if you can pay the pay wow. the balance, I'm like, Yeah, let's go." <laughs> so I snuck in. That's amazing.
1: So potentially you could have been waiting for like another
2: year for yeah. this to. Yeah, it was. I think was that nine months or ten months it was supposed to take at the time. Are you? You guys are based out of LA, right? Yes, uh, Kelly and I live in Los Angeles, and Greedle lives in Minneapolis. As a band, the Brontosaur,
1: you probably do you play any live shows or anything like that?
2: Not as a full electric band. It's mostly a studio project. But uh, Greedle flew out to Los Angeles in January, and we played uh, an acoustic set of uh, songs from Reaver that we worked up. That's awesome for the record release. So it was it was pretty cool. It was super fun
1: so let's get into the album now let's get into these actual songs it starts with the buffalo electric which it opens a little you kind of immediately for me see that it's a major kind of a happy you sounding song but you tell right away that there's something sinister in the background as far as the the start of this concept, where were you going with, like, what is the Buffalo Electric? <laughs>
2: it's the name of an airship, a fictional airship. Oh, the, okay. the record was actually sequenced by Louise. She heard all the songs and she decided what order they were going to go oh, in. Oh, so, okay. So the plot isn't linear. It kind of jumps around. Gotcha. But uh, agreed. I, what I like about that song is it does start as this kind of two chord, maybe Bowie, Weezer-y thing. And then it sort of... Yeah. Yeah transforms into a sinister chaotic ending and that's the beginning of the, the record so I thought it was a pretty cool way to kick things off.
1: Yeah, no, I love it Where there's a couple of themes that reoccur in this album. Throughout this album, there are a couple different guitar tones that you get that uh, are really great and not not really you can pick out maybe little
2: mini influences. It's not it's pretty unique. Well, that's good to hear. the The Buffalo Electric that song is all baritone guitar. Gotcha. It's the only baritone song on the record. Uh, the first Brontosaur record is all baritone, but I thought for, that was a nice uh, a nice way to kick it off. I mean, what's cooler than baritone guitar? Yeah.
1: <laughs> as far as the tracks on this album, were there any more difficult than others to conceptualize or to finish? Oh God.
2: Uh, pirate train was gruesome that that one nearly broke me uh interesting the tide was very challenging and uh th- those are the ones that are jumping out at me oh and uh and uh reaver part one
1: so the the long ones the long ones so was that what what was it about like pirate train for example that was so difficult on you
2: it basically uh when we first recorded it, it kind of it kind of sucked like the it was <laughs> it was this other it was kind of like a groovy, sexy, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club song ah. that was repetitive. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. But I had years to hammer out ideas. And so Dwayne said famously about uh, John Bonham, he's like, John Bonham only played loud or not play. Or, so yeah. like, they would just have him like drop out. And so we, that sort of saved the day with some of these songs. I was like, let's just pull out the drums and put a bridge here that's instrumental or something like that and and that really opened it up and all of a sudden you know we were able to terraform it into a much cooler song yeah. in my view than what was on the page originally
1: Because the Pirate pirate Train is, to me, I think that's a song that had probably the most sinister of the sound. Oh my God. Like with the, the way that it starts and it's this, it's really dark. Yeah. That one note guitar thing that's going on with your, you know, free to be lethal as fuck or, you know, that sort of thing. It's pretty dark. But then it drops into these choruses that are super hooky, super catchy, and they're, they're almost kind of light.
2: Yeah. I, I, that was kind of intended to be... It was meant to be sort of abrupt. I I liked that that it's this like just evil verse that all of a sudden opens up into a four on the floor like Rolling Stones chorus or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. In that song, I will ask you then, what is the pirate train? What is like these people that are free to be lethal as fuck, which is a line that I just completely love. What is what's going on there?
2: There, um, it's a thinly veiled reference to the uh, the insurrection. You know, I'm sitting at home during the pandemic watching these ding dongs attack the capital. and the towers drop and just and all people can't see me. Eric, Corley, I finished but, like yeah. the last three or four songs of lyrics were all directly or loosely based on that event because it, it kind of blew my mind
1: it's an incredibly powerful song i mean the, there's a lot of powerful song, but that that's one of the ones that when it comes on you have to stop and pay it. it's what, what i like is it is as you described it's really fucking cool i don't know what the first derivations of it were but none of this album sounds like you're trying to be something i hear the comps and when people are trying to explain it to other people they're you'll hear that, I think more just because of your uh, range of note in voice, you're gonna get like the Jane's Addiction sort of comps, and which I'll take, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's fantastic. Or <laughs> or like uh, Flaming Lips sort of like I hear a lot of oh, yeah. like kind of Flaming Lips sort of stuff in here.
2: I've heard that a lot. I think it's vocal timbre. I didn't, a lot of people listen to vocal timbre so much. People are like, it sounds like yes. I'm like, you mean the band yes, like <laughs> yes, yes, the prog rock band? I think it's a vocal tenor thing. I, I was I was surprised. I was like. Okay. I, I, I don't get, yes, I don't get that from Ooh. this, but hey, they're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be worse, but yeah, I um but for sure, Jane's Addiction, Perry Farrell was like a hero when I was a teenager. I was like, this guy's the coolest dude there ever was.
1: And that's what I was going to ask you, because one of the things that I've learned over playing music for a long time and being around musicians is people tend to, like they have their vocal range, but then they tend to start sounding a lot like whoever they listened to when they were young. Mm-hmm. So you have like Perry
2: Farrell and is there anyone else that you can think of? I mean, Bob Plant all the way, hundred yeah. percent since I was a kid, like he's absolutely. But, but, uh, certainly when I was younger, I was like just a teenage ding dong trying to sound exactly like someone or other, but <laughs> yeah, over the years, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting there trying to necessarily channel a particular vocalist anymore. Although, although maybe with guitar, I, there's definitely some like overtly Jimmy Page stuff that I, is meant to be like a.
1: Tip of the hat. So as far as your vocals then in the album, your voice has this kind of, I don't want to say timid, but it has this kind of, it does have that rasp, but it doesn't sound like you're trying to have that rasp and it, it can be either timid. Are these all things that are just your just natural voice or were you pretty... Pointed as far as what you were trying to do on this album?
2: I'm not super intentional about like trying to make it sound wobbly or whatever. Like I'm just basically trying to hang on for dear life. But I this is the first <laughs> record I've ever recorded the vocals as a non-smoker. You know, like oh. I quit smoking. And so I feel like my voice is a lot stronger. And I uh, take before the studio, I take a week off of caffeine and alcohol and I do my vocal exercises and I'd hydrate and get sleep. So like I really like tried to show up prepared to try to hit these notes. And um, you know, <laughs> so I'm mostly happy with it. That's great though.
1: And yeah. and staying with your vocals, there are songs like, uh, I'll, I'll go to the Lady Astronaut, The Matter of the Lady Astronaut. Oh yeah. Did you do all the vocals on this? Backing and everything?
2: Yeah, I did all of them on this record, yeah.
1: Because the, not just the vocals, but also the engineering of the vocals is, there's a couple songs where it's incredible. And that would be one song that I'd say for... You know, Matter of the Lady Astronaut, it's one of the many examples where the harmonizing vocals are absurdly well done. The
2: I think that's Joseph. Joseph was so easy to work with. Uh, he, he was comping lines already for me while I was working on the next take. And he, you know, he wasn't like... Let's go back and fix every nuance. He was just like, that was cool, man. Let's move on. And I just really good vibe with him. And he was not afraid to stack vocals, which I think i had been hesitant to do in the past or just add more harmonies and more oohs and ahs. And, and he's like, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Adam,
1: let's go. It obviously works, which also leads into one of the more, I guess, psychedelic songs of the part one that you were talking about, which was one of the more difficult ones to do. That does have very much that kind of that slow ride feel of just you know it's there's no rush to get anywhere
2: I love Reaver Part 1. It's one of my favorites. It's one of the ones that wound up how I hoped and uh, I was I was really happy with the vocals. I basically had a scratch guitar, well, I don't know how long it is, 6 7 minutes long and it was I uh, It counted out measures. I was like, "All right, the verse is going to be this, this, this and then that riff at the end ca- kind of came to me in a dream. <laughs> we oh, really? dropped we dropped that on and uh, I just thought it turned out super cool. That, I even put <laughs> piano on it, uh, like in our living yeah. room and stuff. Masterful piano, I assure you. It's, it's <laughs> airtight piano takes. Doesn't have to be masterful to be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, I, I love that song. I love the uh, way it ends, that, that riff at the end. I, I'm just like, I could listen to this on loop for, for two days and just leave it in the headphones and walk around.
1: Absolutely. And I also agree that with the ending, the thing about this song, the part one, uh, how do you pronounce it? Le Diable? Le Diable. It's French for the devil. Okay. it's You could probably split the song into like three different parts with three
2: different hooks. It, I guess you're right. There's def- definitely sections. I think what I, what I kind of like... But the same thing ongoing. Yeah. like I, I like that I think maybe... Previous projects of mine, I was very much like, pardon the expression, but I was like verse, chorus, verse. We're you know we're doing <laughs> we're doing this song structure, and we like that expression. That's okay. It's uh, it's good, it's catchy. But the <laughs> but some of these songs, I kind of abandoned it. I was just like, you know what, I, if I have cool ideas and it still moves along, you know, a path toward the finish, let's let's do it. I don't necessarily need to go back to section B again. This is one of those songs. It's it's it just kind of keeps shifting, and and it yeah. There there are songs where at the end it's still everybody in the pool, but like this this one, I thought it was just a fun journey to kind of to go along, and I love everything from the the bridge to the ending where it just keeps building.
1: Yeah, no, I think it works absolutely wonderfully. One of the things I wrote just because one of the things that I do when I'm prepping for these sort of things is I'll just put the vinyl on and I'll just type stupid thoughts nice. that I have while I'm going through it. And what I put on this is Perry Farrell would write this if he did shrooms instead of heroin. <laughs> so, I'm going to put that on the fridge. That's <laughs> that. That's high praise. I love that. It's awesome. Who or what is the
2: mole people? <laughs> The mole people is sort of a, I'm 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 not from California. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm a rule follower. I'm like, everyone should be polite to each other in public and like ah. get on the airplane quickly and get out of the way. Yeah. And I don't stand up when the plane, lands. I have found in in Southern <laughs> California, there are, it's just sort of an obliviousness uh, in public and people just standing around, but you know, being inconsiderate. And I'm, t- I joke that like, Oh, this place is just full of mole people. Oh. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> just, just oblivious. And so, um, um, it's sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek title for the song, but it stuck. I was like, hey, you know what? We're keeping the mole people. I like it. And then most people, when they heard the record, are like, mole people, that's my song. I like that. So, Well, it is kind
1: of the most outright, straight up. I mean, you kick in with that. It's a bass line, right? That it, yeah. It's the bass that's doing
0: It's really
1: straightforward, kind of kick-your-ass rock if there was a song on this album that is like that. Yeah, you know that, the mean? chorus
2: is, is enormous, and it's, it's, a, it's a rocker.
0: We are not paying to be fair We are not saints among men. rocker
2: no no unambiguously (laughs) that's the other thing
1: is the the build of this album which i guess thank you to your wife but it's put together it's put together so well because there is this kind of brightness to the first five songs going all the way into the fisherman Mm -hmm. and then it does it starts to get darker and then you have a song like the assassin which is a lot more almost openly a depressing type of dark, almost more of a like a Kurt Cobain acoustic sort of feel. You know what I mean? For sure. Tell us about the assassin a little bit.
2: The assassin is, uh, it's meant to take place from the perspective of the villain. He thinks he's out there, you know, uh, fighting the good fight and uh, restoring peace and freedom to the world. While meanwhile, you know, he's perpetrating some... Sort of horrific thing at the end of the song. Yeah.
1: He's murdering yeah. people. Yeah. He's murdering people in the song. Yeah. So it's,
2: you know, uh, obviously... Towards the end, does he... I try to have empathy with maybe my political opponents. I try to understand where they're at, where they're coming from, things like that. And, and so The Assassin is, is just sort of to, an attempt to get in the head of somebody, you know, and how they got there. Empathy, but, huh? But, but yeah, sorry, you, you were saying
1: people aren't supposed to have empathy anymore tony that's not a- i
2: know it's it's passe it's, like, <laughs> but even even just to empathize with someone even if i don't agree with them but to at least try to understand yeah you know what i'm saying i, I don't it know it would be nice common ground we're in
1: trouble <laughs> the end line the i'm as guilty as you i'm as filthy as you are is that this person kind of realizing that what's the point behind the last line I'm
2: That's Louise's lyric. She was listening to the song. Uh, like it was, the song was done, and Louise was like walking by. She's like, "Wait, hold on, rewind that." And she came in, just like laid that out. So uh, I don't, uh, I didn't come up with that line, but I, I immediately co-opted it. I was like, "That's mine." <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Copywritten. <laughs> the uh the part two of the the oh, yeah. reaver part two mm-hmm. so that has a lot of the same basic themes as the first one was that just kind of a continuation was there still parts of the first one that you're like there's there's more to this song
2: we actually did two takes of it it was just sort of a loose like jam in the studio um, one was short one was long and brian laid down different bass lines for each of them and i was like hold on i'm gonna turn this into two songs and i try to take different i mean they're obviously linked but it's not uh exactly a reprise or reprise it's it's like yeah it's its own thing and it's kind of got a nice feel to it and it's kind of a different theme it's so so yeah i basically was just like i fell in love with both versions and i was like i'm i'm turning both into songs let's go
0: it's love- I'm not going to go track
1: by track on this, but to all you listeners, once again, uh, you can hear by some of the descriptors and that definitely just check this album out. I know that I've had listeners that have already told me that they have listened, that it's great. I can't recommend it enough. I want to get more now to the independent artist plight a little bit. You had said yourself that it's basically Instagram and Bandcamp. But you also, it sounds like you've been in the industry for long enough to remember a time where you could be a band like a, like Veruca Salt and you could actually tour and make some money. What is it like to be an artist who has something like this, something that I'm, I don't want to sound like a dick, <laughs> but this is, this had to have been such an expensive project oh, yeah. to put together. I had a conversation with a fellow vinyl lover and I was, we were like, this guy must've lost his fucking ass on this project. (laughs) And that's, that's a testament to how amazing a quality it is in the anywhere, everywhere from the actual splatter, 180 gram vinyl to the booklet, to the actual, just the cover. Like it must've been crazy. How hard is it to come out with something like this these days?
2: It's, I mean, with the band Fire Trucks, I was going for it. I was trying to get on the radio. I was self-promoting. I was out there. We were touring. We did the thing. And uh, I, I left that kind of disillusioned. With this, the, the intention was never to, like, try to get on the radio or tour or, you know, get legions of fans and make videos. It was just I wanted to make this thing. And the closer I got to finishing it, it also coincided with having a vinyl resurgence. Like, yeah. in like, 2000. 14, about that same time, I got a new record player. I grew up with records, but took time off. I was in Vinyl Me Please and I got all these cool records. And so I basically absorbed all these cool vinyl packaging ideas. And I was like, I'm using everything. <laughs> so, Cause I think at the time my thought was like, if I ever finish this record, I've really learned how difficult it can be to, to complete a project and I may never complete another one. So I'm not screwing around with the vinyl. I'm going big. And uh, yeah. I don't think that anymore. I'm already working on more stuff. But at the time, that was my mindset. It was like, you know, if I'm an 80-year-old man one day and I didn't uh, put this on flimsy yeah, no, vinyl, this is I'm going to be bummed about this it.
1: This is your great American novel, right?
2: It's exactly like, it, yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm going to keep saying it. This is something to be so proud of. Oh, thank
0: God.
1: <laughs> as far as that, I try to ask this to most of the people I interview, and I'll ask it to you now, but... Besides just buying the vinyl, is there anything else that just some listener wants to do something support the indie artist, is there anything else that people can do besides just buy this vinyl?
2: I mean that's that's a great question and that's amazing i but like ultimately my end goal is just for it to find an audience an appreciative audience and I hope that those people like listen to it you know on their turntable at night in the dark with a candle and like enjoy it as it was intended to be <laughs> delivered, you know but truly I've had success with just word of mouth, you know, because I can go out there and shout about it and likely 90% of the people I encounter, it's not up their alley. So if, you know, but like-minded people recommend it to friends, that's amazing. And that's, uh, that maybe, maybe put a, uh, something, say something nice on the bandcamp page, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's a good one. And do it. Yeah. And hopefully it's going to keep going. Hopefully, you know, it are, I've seen it multiply in like, you know, it's very slow going. It's not like it used to be where suddenly you have a million people buying your album. There's one person and then there's three and then there's nine. You know yeah, what I mean?
2: And that's been great because literally my initial plan was just like, I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to press it to vinyl and I'm going to send it to my friends. And then the deeper in I got, I was like, oh, this, I'm actually really happy with this. Maybe maybe this deserves you know, a public appearance. And um, it's been really cool to see people like Johnny Vinyl sharing it with someone else. And then suddenly I uh, sell four records that day because, you know, and it's like, that's a pretty yeah. cool feeling, you know? No, it's awesome.
1: And I would just encourage everybody else to kind of get on that train, man. Cause this is, I would say that we do, uh, all of you listeners, we do a revise and revisit every year where we go back to previous years and we talk about it. This, I am going to have to give serious thought to revisiting my 2022 and adding this album into my top five somewhere because it really is the same thing. You you should just be you should be super proud of this man.
2: Super proud. It's awesome. I don't take praise well, but I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> You're an artist. You're
1: not know supposed to, right?
2: <laughs> did you know but, uh- did you know when this
1: was finished because you're an artist because artists always think everything they do sucks did you know when you got done with this there was there any part of you that was like this is fucking good
2: absolutely and i think this is going to sound stupid but like i think every time you put a record this is my fourth full-length record and every time you put one out there's just a tiny part of your teenage brain that's like this is going to be huge (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah but uh but no, I felt really good, like super proud of it. And honestly, it's because of the lyrics. Like every other record I've ever done, the lyrics are like homework. They're an afterthought. Uh, I, I rented studio time at Packaderm Studio, like the place where In Utero was recorded. Yeah, wow. Brought my band down there, my well-rehearsed band, and we tracked everything. And then I'm writing lyrics in the studio. I'm just like, what a what a dum-dum. <laughs> so I really, I really worked hard on these lyrics and the harmonies, and I think that's what... Why I felt it was just head and shoulders better than anything I'd ever made. So I was very, very pleased to be finished with it. And it's pretty close to what I wanted it to be. And I'm just so glad it's out there.
1: We touched briefly on some of the lyrics. I talked about the line, free to be proud and corrupt, free to be lethal as fuck. That's just the coolest fucking line. There's also, I'm above the shame. I'm above all the laws. I ignore the pain. I ignore the applause. I also love the line all this crap can't take that can't take it with us. Can you speak to any of those lines and are there any specific lyrics that stood out to you when you wrote them that you're like oh my god this is really good?
2: Well, I mean a lot of this record is depicting villains, right? So but I'm trying to I'm trying to be slightly lighthearted about it at times instead of just a <laughs> And, but like, The Fisherman is the one for me that I think is probably the song I'm most proud of, the lyrics I'm most proud of, and I actually started with the last line, the line about the guillotine sinking in, I was like, oh, that's a good line, and I just worked my way back to the it beginning is. of the song from there, so that, that's the one for me, I look at it and I'm like, alright, that's pretty, that's pretty airtight.
1: Whole last stanza of the fisherman that starts out with the what it like what if the idea is isn't that good or something like yes. that what if the, oh, no. I turned it on
2: <laughs> what if this plan isn't that good that's even that line right there is just a great body. I mean it was it was right after the insurrection I'm watching that on TV just going man heads had better roll after this this is bonkers <laughs> did you see the 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 one that was there was a couple uh just standing there talking to the cameras and like they were like they maced us can you believe it i'm like you broke into the Capitol and they maced you and you're surprised yeah we, where, who are you're we kind of fucking yeah you're kind of lucky Same. so yeah the, so that was the whole thing like you know let's the the ending is about uh, you know uh an attempted uh, coup or something like that in our fictional universe.
1: Well, which this last stanza can speak to how many of those people in court a year later were saying how they were so wrong and they were led astray by whoever and whatever and that sort of thing. Yeah, You said that you are working on more stuff right now.
2: Yes. um, I've got a um, companion to Reaver. It's just an EP. It's basically tracked. Although Louise just told me she wants to go back into the studio for one day and like experiment and add and try stuff out and i'm like okay we'll do one more day but i'm eager to get it out i've got an ep that is a it's an acoustic companion to reaver so wow it's basically because when gretel was in town for the acoustic show he's like let's go into the studio i'm already out here and we've worked up all these songs i'm like great so that's it's sort of taken on a a a momentum of its own and it's pretty cool so i'm eager to get that out but in the medium term I've resuscitated my electric rig, and I've gone through a ton of uh, songs that are in the works from the last few years, and I'm sort of sorting them out now, picking my favorites. And I want to, I want to do another electric record. Probably Kelly Scott was like, "Don't do a double record. Just do, make it 45 (laughs) minutes, one LP, and get it out this year." I'm like, "Yes, sir." Wow. So you might. So I don't know. It's probably next year. I was gonna say, "Holy shit!" That's
1: (laughs) that's not a lot of time, dude. (laughs) No, it usually
2: takes me seven
1: years, Kelly. Seven years and then seven months. That's pretty good. Uh, You said you're working on it with Louise.
2: Is she going to be a part of that acoustic portion? Yeah, I hope so. She's already got vocals on one of them. And um, I'm just, I'm incredibly fortunate to have uh, her in my household. When I, when I reach, you know, I'm like, I don't know how to finish this. Or what do you, what would you do here? Or how does this mix sound? Like I have a legendary like pro in the house to, to help if it gets uh, sticky. So she's, she uh, has sort of put her arm around this project. I think she, I'm hoping to, to get her pretty involved with it.
1: Well, I got to say, we, we kind of had a big, huge discussion very recently about what our season four is going to be about and a large portion of season four. Oh, so God, I have, man. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Veruca Salt a fairly good amount next awesome. year.
2: They were like the biggest band in the world at that moment, and they played Double Door on New Year's Eve. And I was like working uh, it as a barback. Really? I was just like, "What is happening?" That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was a, that was a big night. Yeah, fantastic and I, you know, stuff. The macho Chicago rock scene poo pooed them because they, they didn't pay their dues or whatever. But then you know, if you actually sit down with <laughs> us and listen to it, it's like, no, this is a great band. Sorry, yeah. sorry, fellas. No, fucking fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's awesome that uh, you guys are working together. That's uh, you guys have been married how long now?
2: Uh, we've been married for 15 years, but we've been together since like maybe 23, 22 years, something like that.
1: That's that's
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah. So as far as the Reaver, as far, or I'm sorry, as far as the Bronosaur, mm-hmm. do you think that is a moving forward project or do you think that you guys are this and then maybe the acoustic and then you're going to go on to different things?
2: I, I mean... Uh, Greedle is is like the best working with him and Kelly Scott is the best so like if I can continue to retain their services like I I love this lineup I love this outfit and want to you know keep working in this for now at least because because I feel like there's a lot more to be done you know
1: you also talked about working on your setup
2: for this not next rock album oh, yeah. what does that consist of what what rigs do you have i've got the same like giant uh, 412 cabinet i bought in the 90s and uh Love same it. pedal board and you know uh it's just what's your favorite pedal? Oh, Oh God. I don't even know. Probably, <laughs> probably delay pedal. Probably the way huge Aquapus is my favorite. I, I oh, love delay. Yeah, I, fantastic. one of my friends joked cause I love Jane's addiction and like dub reggae. And he's like, I don't know if you like music, you <laughs> might, just, you like might just
1: like delay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it's possible. Really? I don't have too much
1: else for you. I, I really just, the reason that I wanted to have you on is to get word out about this album you also just seem like a really fucking cool dude, and uh, <laughs> it,
2: we like having
1: cool dudes on here. So
2: I, I'm just I'm absolutely delighted to be on. I love your podcast. I've been I've been listening since uh, Ronnie Spector, and oh. uh, if I understand correctly, I've, I've if this if this goes to air, I'll get loopholed into your rating system. Uh, I get one point for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yes. It was just awesome. we, All right. wait on the royalties. They'll be there. <laughs> Especially, I'll give you two points if we can use the music from this album in the episode. Oh.
2: Then you get two, absolutely.
1: then you get two points.
2: Great, All right, lock it in. <laughs> Awesome. But I really appreciate it. I'm super grateful to be here and I appreciate you checking it out and and spreading the word.
1: Yeah. And anybody that listens or joins any of the other content of the podcast to stick around because this is not the last we're going to hear from Tony Parks. I'm going to start a new YouTube stuff in season four and I've asked him to be a part of it and he's politely obliged. So uh, there's going to be more from him in this project in the future. The project that you can find at the Brontosaur on Bandcamp. Uh, the album once again is Reaver it's by the Bronosaur. you can just go to the Bronasor on Instagram Tony once again be proud of this project man cuz it's amazing
2: thanks so much DL I totally appreciate it
1: take care have a good uh hang out with your what you're like with your fam in San
2: Diego or something yeah, it's the last weekend of summer <laughs> here we go enjoy it all right awesome
0: just let me-
1: I mean, what an absolute gem, you know, that was a fantastic talk, easy breezy, cool, calm and collected dude, really, really down to earth sort of guy, really, really enjoyed talking to him, loved being able to kind of peel the veil back on some of this stuff. This is what it's all about. I love this. I love that I get to do this. I'm a lucky son of a bitch. Tony Parks, fantastic. I will keep ringing the bell of Reaver. What a fantastic fucking project. Everybody, go to Bandcamp and buy this shit. I'm not going to say, don't go buy the remastered 1989. Don't go buy the new Metallica. Don't go, whatever. You can, that's fine. But buy this. Buy projects like this. This is where it's at. This is where the soul will be fed. And that's about as cheesy as I will ever, ever, ever get. VerseChorusVerse.com, at VerseChorusVersePod. Uh, good luck to tony and his wife and his family like i said we're going to be talking about him a lot more next year we're probably going to be talking about his wife too I, maybe i can get them both to come on or something that would be a fucking blast ladies and gentlemen we love you we love what we
0: do good
1: night and good luck
0: Don't have a